welcome to Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood, a podcast about that time of life that tends to take us all by surprise. I'm your host, Karen O'Connor. Let's get right into it. <laughs> How oh, are you? Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm getting better every day, which is good. So, How long has it been that? So I got the positive diagnosis on the 2nd of October. So it's a calendar, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first, probably the first two, three days, I wasn't too bad. And then we just, uh, it, it was weird, I just went off a cliff. And it was like somebody had a rag in my mouth. Uh, couldn't breathe. Um, and then um, a friend of mine, uh, who's my doctor, um, he prescribed me some um, steroids. And I thought, you know, you, you think of steroids as being the, um, uh, you just don't hear steroids. It's like strong stuff. And um, it was like somebody had removed this rag out of my mouth when I took them. It was weird. But it only lasted for about six hours. It was six tablets. I had to take these six tablets um, every morning. Um, and then it would last for about six hours. And then somebody put the rag back in your mouth. Strange. Weird thing. But um, this, The light in, in here isn't fantastic. It's fine. Are you, yeah, you're are right. you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. Right. Um, so what, what we're doing, how we're doing this? I just want to have a conversation about it because, you know, we were saying the other day when about a week before you actually got uh, diagnosed, we were going, oh, we should just, you know, open the borders, just let everybody get on with it. And, you know, if you get sick, you get sick. It's not that bad anymore. Um, and then you got it, you got diagnosed with it, and you messaged me and said, I've got COVID, let's do a podcast about my experience with COVID. And then the next thing, you couldn't even talk like an end. I couldn't even breathe the talk. I couldn't get halfway through a sentence without somebody extracting all the air out of my lungs. So I just couldn't get words out. It was weird. So I'd sent out an email and put up posts going, right, we're going to have this conversation about having COVID and what it's like and everything. And then it's like, oh, no, apparently we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Joe yeah. said to me, no, we're not actually telling anybody. I'm like, oops. <laughs> it, it was a really weird sort of time that um, we wanted to keep everything we didn't want to alarm the neighbours, um, so we, you know, we, we decided we were just going to self-isolate. Uh, you know, everything would be all right. We'll watch a bit of telly for a couple of weeks, and one thing or another. Oh my god, what a mistake! Um, never. I mean, you know, I've been in hospital a couple of times over the years with, you know, different bits and bats. Never have I been so ill in all my life. And anybody, and the real frustrating thing for me is um, I think we're all on social media these days, but seeing people post these fake news things about COVID and one thing and another now incenses me. And, you know, I've gone through my friends lists. As you know, I've got a lot of sort of friends. I have a big network on social media. I've just been, it's been like shooting fish in a barrel getting rid of people because it, it, it just incenses me that people are so blasé and so naive to think that this isn't real. You, you know that thing at first where they were saying that the people who've got COVID, they're actually being paid by the government. Yeah. So yeah. they've got COVID. It's like, what? Yeah. What? I can <laughs> promise you, I will show you my bank accounts. I have not been paid a single penny to feel this bad. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I am, what is it now? So I was diagnosed on the 2nd of um, October 
and it is today is Halloween. Okay, so I'm a month in. I'm a, I'm a full month in. Um, I can honestly say that today is the first day that I've got up, and i have still got little bits of coughs on one thing and another, but I can actually breathe. That is that's a month in, and you know at the hospital, uh, I've been in the hospital two three times. Uh, the hospital, they were turning around and saying, you know, you can be six weeks, you can be 12 weeks before you're anything like what you used to be. Uh, and, and it's frightening. It's absolutely terrifying. It really is. And we've just been put, I don't know if you've, you've heard the news yet, um, we're going back into lockdown in the UK because of this. Mm-hmm. So, and when you look at the graphs of where the problem areas are, uh, it's absolutely 16 to 26-year-olds that's the issue. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is colleges, this is universities, uh, and this is people going out, socialising, partying, and just blatant disregard for the, the, the rules, really, you know, the regulations that have been put in place to protect everybody. But it's like, for me, it's not about me, myself. It's about, you know, if I've got it, I don't want to pass it on to anybody else because you don't know who is vulnerable, who's, you don't even know who it, who it's going to impact badly. You, you've really got no idea. You can't say, I mean, in, in your household, you got it and Bethany got it, didn't she? Yeah, your one daughter. of the twins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now she, you know, she's twenty-five year old. She's she's very very fit, keeps herself well, um, and she um, she had probably two days of symptoms where she was struggling with the breath, where she was coughing, where she had the temperature, and she woke up on the third day and it had all gone, everything had gone. Um, you know, today I, I'm a month down the road before I got to that point, and the frustrating thing for me is is you know, we're getting people that have got this blatant disregard. I haven't seen my dad. I, you know, I'm not sitting for five weeks, six weeks. Now, don't get me wrong, I speak to him every day. But, you know, I've not seen him for that length of time because, you know, my day job dictates that, that I'm in front of 350 400 people a day and i'm coming in contact with these people you know and it's all right wearing face masks and it's all right wearing visors and things like that it still got me it got me and my concern is is if it's going to put me in that position of not being able to breathe and one thing or another you know a man of 82 years old it's going to kill him and that's my concern Mm. and people just aren't getting it so where did you get it? Um, if I'm being brutally honest, I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah. It's either work. So, so I run um, a home improvement uh, retail outlet. So I'm the branch manager of this home improvement retail outlet in, in, in the UK. So that's what I do. Um, and it's a very hands-on job. It's not an office job. I don't sit there with my feet on the desk and typing away at a computer, browsing social media or anything like that. You know, I'm in front of 350, 400 people every single day. Um, but I'm also a musician. And on the 1st of October, we did a gig um, where myself, the guitarist, the keyboard player, the sound engineer, and two members of the audience in a very well-controlled, socially distanced environment. And I'm talking, you know, on stage, we're all two metres apart. The audience, we're all, um, they all had the temperature check when they came through the door. Um, you know, you couldn't order at a bar. You had to sit and order on a uh, on your iPhone and that kind of thing for, for drinks. Um, brilliant gig. But there was, there was six of us at that venue came down. So were you checked? Were you, was your temperature checked in the band? Yeah, we were all checked. And you were but all at fine. that point, mm. it was fine. It was right as rain. I was singing like a, a nightingale. It was, it was weird. <laughs> Never the following morning, I was rough. 
you know, as good as I could. You know, it, it was it was a great night. We all had a fantastic night. The following day, we, it was like we'd all been knocked out of the ballpark. And all of you got sick at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Because I wouldn't have thought it was like immediate. You know, you've got one day where your temperature's fine and then the next day you're, you're as sick as. We all came down with it at the same time. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. Well, you know, possibly all of you had it then. I, I don't know if there's an incubation period. Is there an incubation period for everybody? Yeah, well, what, what they're doing in the UK is they're saying it's, it's two weeks. So anybody that came into contact with me had to isolate for two weeks. Uh, if you had the, um, if, you, if you got confirmed positive, you had to isolate for 10 days because you've got that four days that it would take to, to sort of manifest. Right. So how yeah. many people at work have caught it? Off me? None. Nobody. So were there people off sick before then? Are you the only one? Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. So at this moment in time, touch wood, uh, I've had nobody else. Oh, sorry, there's one person um, who contracted it last week. So, again, nothing to do with because I've not been anywhere near work for a month now. Um, now, we've had people that have had to isolate because they've shown symptoms, but they never tested positive. Now, coming back to that, if there is a 14-day... So, so the, the test is for active virus in you, is it, I'm assuming? Yes, absolutely, okay. yeah. The test is not for... Uh, to see whether you've had it in the past. It's right. just to see whether you've had it at that point. Now, ironically enough, what happened was, after about three weeks, I developed a pain in my leg. Didn't know what it was. Um, the pain stayed there for three or four days. I thought, you know, at first, I thought I'd, I'd strained my calf. Uh, Joanne, my wife, she had purchased last Christmas um, one of these circulation machines for me. I'm not the most active person on the planet, as you well know. Um, so we've got this circulation machine on my feet and, and with these electrodes attached to my legs. And what it does is when you turn it on, it's like a TENS machine. It sends a signal through your muscles and, and contracts your muscles, I suppose. Um, so we've got this thing on, on full belt, because I'm a man, yeah? Um, and then the day after, of course, you wake up and your legs are on fire. You're thinking, oh, my God, that's killed me. Four days later, I ended up at hospital uh, because the pain just wasn't going away. And um, they said, oh, well, you might have a DVT. We need to test you for a DVT here. But the problem is, because you got diagnosed with COVID, we can't do that test on you until we've done another test to see that you're clear now. So, um, so not not Saturday just gone, the Saturday before they retested me. And at that point, I still had the active virus in my body. I tested positive again for a second time. So that was, even though the, the UK government is saying two weeks and you're clear, three weeks later, I still had it. I'm just and trying to get it. my head around that. And why, and you know, because... Bethany's not tested positive since then, has she? No, fine. She's right as rain. She's right as rain. But in your yeah. case, the virus is still active. It's not like it's gone and you're recovering. It's actually yeah. still active. Yeah, yeah. Is that normal or is that just you? Are you special? Have you ever known me to be classed in the normal category in any way, shape or form? <laughs> Runs in the family, doesn't it? We're going to be special, different. We're different. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I, I would suggest that if I was tested again now, I would be right. I'd be fine. I feel fine now. I've not felt fine for a long time. Okay. So what yeah. medications? So you were on um, steroids for how long? Yeah. So they put me on steroids for, I don't know, about a week and a half, something like that. Um, they also put me on an antibiotic as well. The antibiotic was not for the virus. 
the antibiotic was to stop a secondary infection in the lungs happening um, because uh, I suppose I was that bad. Um, they were concerned it was going to see me off. So they, they, they give me the antibiotics to stop uh, a secondary infection that would have caused a, a terminal problem. Right. So why would you have gotten a secondary infection? Oh, God, I'm not a doctor. I've no idea. Right. I haven't okay. got a clue. Yeah. But um, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm sort of privileged to be very good friends with, with my doctor. And he was phoning me every day. Um, wouldn't come near me, chicken. Um, but, you know, he was like, right, we need to do this. We need to do that. If you get any worse in the next hour, you need to phone an ambulance. You need to go in hospital. So he was really, really looking after me. But you didn't want to go in hospital, did you? Yeah, it's I, I suppose it's a couple of things. So, you know, I've been unfortunate enough um to go in hospital for uh different things in the past. I've been in sort of three, four times, I suppose, um, for stays. And um what's happening right now in the UK is if you go in hospital. You've got no, nobody can go with you. You've got no visitation rights, so people can't see you. Once you're in there, you're in and you're on your own until you you are discharged. And you know, there's there's people that they go in and and you know they get put on ventilators and one thing or another, and they can be in there in a coma for months on end and never see a member of the family. And, and you know, there's so many you hear so many stories of people passing away um, without family members seeing them and having contact with them, you know, we've got a cousin in hospital right now that got took in um, last week and, um, you know, he's in intensive care on, on, on the respirators and, 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 you know, they're actually being told that in the next 24 hours, um, if he doesn't improve, he's probably going to be put on a life support machine. Um, I didn't want to be in that position. So I was just determined that if there was a way that I could get through it without going into hospital, that was what I was going to do. And that's what I did. Luckily, luckily, I didn't need it. Um, I hate to bring up this sad subject as well, but your other friend that died during the week, he had no warning, did he? Um, he had very little warning. So for anybody in the UK... Um, Uncle Bob, Bobby Ball. So there's a massive, um, the heavens have just opened here. Uh, it's absolutely bouncing down outside. Um, Cannon and Ball uh, were, were um, some of the UK's biggest entertainers. And I know Bobby, I, I, I sort of worked alongside Cannon and Ball for many years. Uh, Bob was a good friend. In the last couple of years, he's developed COPD, which is a, a respiratory disease and two weeks ago he picked the virus up and a couple of days ago unfortunately he passed away and it's just I can't even talk about it it's just devastating absolutely devastating you know um, and, and you know these people a legend he's passed away with nobody by his side and he's entertained millions of people uh, for so many years and, and it's it's not a way to go I, I can't even talk about it sorry no that's okay so um the interest one of the interesting things that i found um like the big thing over here queensland has closed its borders to basically everyone in New South Wales and Victoria. Like, you're not coming in because you've had the virus. Yeah. And um, the big, what do you call it, the big criteria for whether the border will open or not is they have to have New South Wales, Victoria, they're not even talking about Victoria yet, but New South Wales has to have 28 days without any community transmission so if or without any unknown unknown cause cases 
You know, if somebody gets it and they can't trace where it is, then it goes back to day one again and you start you counting your 28 days from then. So there's been three cases, but they've just said that um, anyone apart from, I think it's 34 local government areas in Sydney, the rest of New South Wales can come up here because there's been no cases. It's just in Sydney. So they're really strict here on tracing it. But, you know, let's be fair. We've, we've had, oh, I can't even remember the number, but in Queensland, it, it's a few hundred. We haven't even had a thousand cases. And most of those were incoming travellers. So we, there's been very, very little community transmission, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got apps on our phone. They really, they jump on top of it. You know, they want to know who you've been seeing. They make everybody go into isolation. They didn't even contact you, did they? No. I, I had no contact for hmm, probably the first week I had nothing. Uh, but then what happened was, um, of course, Bethany tested positive And Bethany had to give... Uh, details of who she'd been in contact with. Everybody's phone in the family then started to ring off the hook. It was ridiculous. We were receiving two, three, four phone calls a day, plus text messages, plus emails, uh, saying about isolation, you need to do this, you need to do that. I didn't receive a one from me, and I was positive. And why do you... Now, the interesting... I don't know whether I just slipped through the net or not. I, I genuinely don't know the answer to it. Um, just just to go back a little bit on something you were saying about the amount of cases that you've had um, over in the state that you're in. Um, was it was it you don't think you've had a thousand cases yet? Is that what you said? I don't think so. Not in Queensland. I'll just Google it while you're talking. Hang on. Okay. So for the last two days. Our infections, our positive infections have increased on the first uh, day before yesterday was 500 and yesterday was 600. Wow. That's in two days. So, so in two days, we've equaled what you've had through the whole of this. So uh, Queensland's had a total of 1,172 cases and six deaths. Wow. Six deaths. I know six people that have died. Oh my god! Yeah, we've had twenty-seven and a half thousand cases altogether, um, of which twenty thousand are in Victoria. All in one state. Yep. Yeah, that's why Victoria right. shut down, and we've had uh, nine hundred and seven deaths, of which eight hundred and nineteen were in Victoria. So you know, I mean, I know the answer to this, but. When, when all this sort of first started off, after the first month or so, and, you know, did you find yourself getting a little bit blasé about the virus yourself? Um, no. And the reason being, at the time, I'd just come out of hospital, if you remember. So yeah. I was in hospital at the beginning of March when it all started to to become a bit of, you know, the alarm was coming up. Um, yeah. And I was actually worried when I was in hospital because I'm like, because they, they were starting to isolate people then. And I'm thinking, are they going to be bringing people into this hospital? Do I need to go out early, you know? Um, so I had to isolate because at the time I was one of those people that was at risk because, uh, you know, I'd had this big operation. So, yeah, and I couldn't go out. And then we got in lockdown um Keely had to come home from school Kira came up for a couple of weeks um and has regretted going back down to Victoria because she's been in lockdown since she got back down there at the beginning of April they got out of lockdown on Wednesday last Wednesday and she's had a birthday party every night which she's really impressed about but she's just about to come up to her final assessments at university. So she's having a panic attack on one hand, but she can't wait to see her friends on the other. So, so no, so we were in lockdown then. I can't remember when we came out of lockdown in Queensland. I think we were in lockdown for about six weeks. 
maybe six weeks, what, something like that. What does it actually consist of over there, though? What does lockdown, what does so, it look like? Lockdown for us meant that um, there was only, so the pubs and clubs, restaurants, cafes, they all closed. Hairdressers stayed open. Um, there was some... So where they, somebody has to actually touch you? Somebody has to actually touch you. They they had a mask on, so they wouldn't. They closed all the nail salons, beauty salons, but hairdressers was okay. But the government, think balding middle aged men, came up with this rule that you could only maximum appointment was thirty minutes, and every woman in the country's going. You need to go. Just get them to talk to their wives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was changed. That was changed about because and what people were doing was just making four appointments, running out the door and then coming back in for their next appointment, you know. Um, And then so and but it was just like the the, you know, grocery stores and that kind of thing were and bottle shops. Bottle shops were open, off licenses. Very important. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Crucial. Crucial. Um, One of the, um, the things that I don't understand about um, sort of what's going on over here at the moment with lockdown is they've, they've turned around and said, so we're going to keep all the um, schools open, um, any essential businesses. So so my place is going to stay open because, you know, if you need a plumber or an electrician, they've got to come and get the parts from me anyway. Um, so, um, um, but the education establishments are staying open. Yet the main problem that we are having in the UK comes from the 16 to 29-year-olds, like I said earlier, uh, which includes uh, high schools, secondary schools, colleges, universities, and then, you know, uh, we, we keep seeing these illegal parties, discos, raves, and one thing or another. Uh, that is what is causing the problem. Yet they're turning around and saying that the, these education establishments can stay open. It's it's absolutely bonkers. Shut them down, lock them down for a month, and you will see the R rate, the infection rate, drop through the floor. Simple. They, they closed everything here, everything, including the yeah. schools. So in Victoria, the schools have only just gone back. Um, yeah. So people have had their kids home, bless them, for four months. Because Victoria's yeah. the world's longest lockdown. I don't know whether I know you're aware of that, but I don't know whether other people yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and it, it was full shutdown. Now, talking to my sister-in-law who owns daycare centres, and daycare centres were never closed; they were kept open. Yeah. But she said something that's not well known, and it's not put out in the media, is that when kids get it, and I'm talking about younger kids here, you know probably under teenagers, (coughs) they actually just get a bit of a cold and they're fine. And if you catch it off a kid, you actually get a mild version of it for the most part and you're okay. And that's one of the reasons why they, the junior schools went back first in Queensland, New South Wales, um, and daycare centres stayed open. That was the reason, because kids tend not to get sick with it and when you get it off a kid, you tend not to be as sick as you would have been, and they don't know why. But they closed, um, They, fair enough, they got the year 12s back first, um, along with the young kids, because obviously they've got their HSC, they've got their final exams this year. So yeah. they got the year 12s back and they were social distancing and everything. Um, but universities didn't go back. Kira's done her entire year online and she's doing photography. It's quite tricky because she hasn't been able to go at the house to do any photographs. <laughs> so, I mean, without sort of throwing Karen under the bus, you're one of the lucky ones though, aren't you? Because, um, you know, you got four kids. Yeah, from them being, what, three-year-old, you've just sent them away to boarding school. So you've never had any kids at home. Could you imagine if your kids lived under the same roof as what you do for the last, what is it now, six months at least, you'd, you'd have been climbing the walls. You'd have been committing murder. Yeah, I would. I would. I couldn't have coped with it. I know a few people that have had five kids at home for this yeah. entire thing down in Melbourne, you know, and it's just like, wow, you know, hats off and, to and you. And John, 
John would have just found an excuse to go and work from Sydney. Yeah, he would. He'd have been off. Yeah, he would. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. He was really gutted, actually, when when we were in lockdown, because one of the things that was locked down was the national parks. Couldn't go in any of the national parks. Couldn't go walking, yeah. like, because you can catch the virus when you're out in the middle of nowhere, right? And you couldn't go camping. <laughs> he was really gutted, because he couldn't yeah. go camping. He just wanted to get away. <laughs> when the whole lockdown thing started, um, my dad, uh, as you well know, is ridiculously active and, and does a lot of uh, walking, running, um, hiking, you name it, he does it. And everyone was told, oh, you get an hour a day. Um, my dad was disappearing for four, six, eight hours a day. We're surrounded. Um, where, you know, I live um, in, in where, where you grew up. It, it's a very, it's actually quite picturesque. Uh, part of the world um, just north of Manchester a little village called Shaw and sort of horseshoe shape wise around it we, we've got moorland it's beautiful it's fantastic and the thing that he found most frustrating was like you just said he was told he could go out and exercise for an hour a day and he's saying look if I'm on the moors top of the moors you know Wuthering Heights and all that there's nobody within a mile, two, three miles of me. What effect am I having on anybody in any way, shape or form? And he was absolutely bang on right. You know, I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says. I agree with a lot of stuff he says, but a lot of stuff I don't. But he was bang on the money. If he's in the middle of the moors and he's getting fresh air in his lungs, it's probably the best thing for him. I'm sure we're the same with John. You know, if they lock the parks down... What good is that? Who are you going to come into contact with? Nobody. Stupid. Um, I've just spotted something, actually, and, and it was sort of going backwards again a little bit. <coughs> you know, I said about um, uh, I picked up a DVT. Uh, did I mention this before? I think I did. Yeah, you did. You said. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we need so, to talk about that, what's happening. So, yeah, go on. Carry on. So what I was going to say was, so um, part of the problem with the virus is uh, it congeals the blood. It makes the blood clot. And I picked up a DVT uh, on the back of it. Um, one of the things I've got to do now is for the next three months, I'm on medication to thin my blood. Uh, firstly, to um, make the clot disappear, which today is the first day that I've managed to not get up and take a load of painkillers for the, how I describe it, is toothache in my calf. It's been ridiculous. Um, so that's good. But I've got these medications. I've got this medication now for the next three months at least. And what I've got to do is I've got to carry this card with me everywhere I go. This is how good I am, Karen. I've not actually filled it in yet. But... <laughs> This card is um, basically, if anything happens to me, um, if I knock myself at work and I bleed or if I'm not, you know, uh, collapse or whatever it is, this is for the paramedics and the doctors to tell them what medication that I'm on because apparently they ain't going to stop the bleeding because of, of these tablets. It thins the blood that much. And, and that's part of the problem with the virus it's congealing the blood and it's making the blood clot so people that aren't the fittest um it's giving them heart attacks it's giving them pulmonary problems it's giving them uh strokes yeah yeah all sorts so um that's another thing about the virus you know with the kids and one thing another they can deal with it as you're getting older you know somebody who's 50 or you know one thing and another we ain't dealing with it anything like as good as what you were 20 years ago. So, you know, this is the kind of stuff we're having to put up with. Not good. So, and, and just going back to when you went into hospital um, for, the, yeah. for the blood clot, they gave you another test to find out whether you were positive before they'd give yeah. you a scan. And it came back yeah. positive, but they still gave you the scan. They did, right, so <laughs> at the hospital near where I live, they have a, a department that deals with um, deep vein thrombosis, a DVT. 
Um, what they couldn't do was allow me into that department because of the patients that were there that didn't have the virus. So um, they had to set up, they had to deep clean a room in the accident and emergency at the Royal Oldham Hospital um, and set up a scanner in this room. And I had to turn up at a certain time at the hospital for them to walk me straight in to do the scan, to give me the result, to give me the medication and to get me out. Now, how much does that cost, you know, for one virus? But if we all got injected with bleach. <laughs> Don't get me started. Dear God. Mm. You know who's going to get elected again, don't you? <laughs> Fake news. Uh, oh, dear. I don't, I don't even want to go there. Um, no, no. So what, what else have the doctors said with regards to your recovery? What are they likely, or what are the potential, not likely, what are the potential other issues that can come up? Um, potential and other how issues. How long are you going to be off work? Because you've been off work for five weeks now, haven't you? Don't. You know what I'm like, don't you? I hate being off work. It drives me insane. I hold three jobs down. Right, not because I need to, but because I just Can't sit still I have to be for out. Five minutes. Yeah, I have to be out doing something, you know. Um, <laughs> but so you guys are nuts, aren't you? I mean, I work for this these guys, right? Which is Sail Sharks, and Sail Sharks are a um, the Premiership Rugby Club, right? Uh, we should have won the season this year, but we had to forfeit again because of COVID. Uh, we had we had thirteen players all contract the uh, the virus on the same day, um, and I've not been down here since March. I've had to stay away since March. It's killing me, honestly. So I've been off work for five weeks, right? So let's get back to your question. I've been off work for five weeks. Um, I was hoping to be back in work next week. It's not going to happen. So my quack said uh, a couple of days ago we was talking and he said to me so I'm going to write your sick note and I'm going I don't want one and he said you're having one he said and I'm quite happy to write you a sick note now till Christmas yeah and I said it's not happening mate and he started to tell me he told me a story about him having a um, he said I know you like me in respect of if you're half fit for work, you will be there, which I am. That is the kind of person that I am. And uh, he said that he had um, a hernia problem and had the operation, and he was back in work three weeks later. And he was told it'd be six weeks. He was back in after three weeks. And he suffered for a year afterwards because he went back early. He said, I'm going to write you a signal now again. So this was last week. He said, for at least another four weeks. Uh, he said, now we'll review it at that point. Um, he said, and you're not going to go back in. We're not going to cut it short. He said, because you have got absolutely no idea how much you have been through and how much your body needs to recover. Mm. So I know that I'm off. <laughs> I've not actually told my gaffer yet, but I know I'm off for at least another four weeks. And, and in fairness, that's also the thrombosis, the DVT, that's not just COVID. Um, but he was quite happy at that point to write me a signal, a fit note, they call it in the UK, until Christmas. So maybe your measure could be whether you could sing an entire song without singing um, a heap. Karen, I couldn't, last week, this time last week, I couldn't have sung half a line without gasping for breath. That's what I'm talking about, Al. Mm. Yeah. Because because it's lung-focused, if you actually can't sing a whole song, then you're not fit for work. Joanne pointed something out to me um, yesterday, and I hadn't realised it. I mean, you know what I'm like. I am a, an avid musician, and I have more bass guitars 
than most people have dinners in a year. You know, it is, I just, I can buy them, no problem. I just can't sell them. Um, and yesterday, I picked up a guitar for the first time since I've had COVID. And normally there's always, if I'm at home, there's a guitar around my neck. And I picked one up yesterday for the first time. And she said, first time you've had one on there, first time you've played. That's five weeks. So I'm, I'm on the mend. That's cool. Right. The lighting in this studio today is shocking, isn't it? It's terrible. You're going to have to fix that. That's okay. But I think we'll <laughs> probably wrap it up now, Al, because I don't want to put right. it with, with regards to, you know, you probably think you're better than you actually are. Um, I, I actually honestly feel the best I've felt since I, I, I contracted the virus today. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So, listen, you're in a privileged situation, right? You're in a beautiful part of the world. Um, you look out over some amazing countryside. Uh, you've got a decent amount of land to walk around and to, to mow on your ride-on lawnmower and one thing and another. You need to enjoy that while you can. You need to just understand how privileged that you actually are. And um, you need to get all your kids on and put up with them for a while because that, you don't that, do that, do you? That'll be difficult. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go and get some breakfast if you don't mind. Yeah, no, that's um, good. Thank you so much, Al. So we might have to yeah. update this in a few weeks and see how you are and how it's travelling with everybody because it's really yeah, bad over there, isn't it? It is, but the thing is until people actually um, get their head around it, you know, and, and, and understand that, you know, this is serious and it's not going away and it's killing people. <sighs> And even if it doesn't kill you, it's it's the the long term impacts as well, isn't it? Like you, there's long term underlying health issues as a result yeah. of having it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and for somebody like me, you know, that's that's not the healthiest person on the planet. It, it can affect me for the rest of my life. So, are you going to change your ways health wise? <laughs> Do you know this is true, right? So. Um, in the first three weeks of me contracting the virus, I dropped £25, um, which is a lot of weight. It's about 11 kilos. And, oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm British. You know, it's <laughs> I, stones and pounds to me. I, I only remember because when we were little and we were going, a metric was starting to be introduced. On the back of the yeah. Kellogg's packets, they had these little rhymes. And one of them was two and a quarter pounds of jam weighs about a kilogram. Really? Yes. Is that what you remember? Is that how you remember stuff? Yeah. And a litre of water's a pint and three quarters. You see, you was always a reader. You enjoy reading, don't you? I don't. <laughs> So now the, the the more interesting thing for a lot of well, a lot of people don't know this, but our granddad was the uh, he was one of the um, the works managers down at Kellogg's and Kellogg's uh, at Trafford Park, of course, made all the cereals that that gets distributed around the world, and you know, and, and granddad was like one of the head honchos there. Um, so of course we got all the cereals for next to nothing, and we had everything, didn't we? We had all the uh, the multi packs and, and one thing and another. So you were concentrating on the stuff that was on the outside of the packet, and I was concentrating on the stuff that was on the inside of the packet. <laughs> you know, genius. <laughs> I've just remembered another one as well. A metre measures three foot three. It's longer than a yard, you see. <laughs> Sad. Sad. Anyway, what were you saying? I can't remember. No, I can't remember. I'm gone. No. A metre measures three foot three. It's longer than a yard, you see. Yeah, oh, health. Yes, we were talking about kilos. Oh, health. Two and a quarter um, pounds of jam. Yeah, so we're talking about, so um, am I going to change? I mean, 25 pound is an awful lot to lose. And, and the thing is now is, oh, funnily enough, I was, <laughs> oh God, this is going to sound so far up my own ass. So I was in the hot tub last night outside. <laughs> um, can I just say that, that, um, 
my house is nothing like Karen's. Yeah. My house actually shares a roof with the next doors. Karen's doesn't. All right. So that, that comes from Jamie about 20 years ago. Right? Jamie's one of Karen's sons. It's another story. Um, but we, we sat in the hot tub outside and, and, and we were talking about the weight loss. And Joanne turned around to me and said, so we need to do something about this. We need to continue this, don't we? And I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. And I always try and sort of dismiss it. Uh, I weren't getting away from it last night. So apparently we're putting together, through lockdown, we're putting together some kind of um, plan to uh, continue this and, and sort of improve on health. Because when I get my head in it, you know, I can swim like a fish. Um, I, I do enjoy walks. I'm not a runner or anything like that. But um, but last week we went for, I think it was Friday. What day we went today? Sunday. So Friday we went for a walk around the block. And, you know, it's it's not far. It's probably a quarter of a mile, half a mile, something like that. It's not far at all. And it's we're on a slight hill, but it's nothing spectacular. Um, and I struggled to get home. Uh, and that's that's the, the lungs... Um, through the COVID. Um, so what we're going to try and do is do that and a little bit more every day over the next month. Um, so hopefully in four weeks' time, I'm going to be running up mountains again. We will see. Watch this space. Right, I'm going to go, kid. Okay. Thank right, you love so you. much. Yeah, love you too. Let's talk right. again soon. Oh, just, yeah. can you just, Sometime today, send me a bit of PR blurb about yourself from my page. What do you want me to say? I don't know. Can't you just do it? Well, I've done some, but I, you know, I don't, I don't know what you've done. A bloke from Shaw. I think that's what it actually says on my Facebook and Twitter. You know where you got to put a little bit about yourself. <clears throat> I'm sure mine just says a bloke from Shaw. Um, Jesus, what do you put? Just, just tell me a little bit about you know your I don't know your radio, your bass playing, your and sail shark stuff, whatever else you've done. TV, yeah, radio, all that kind of thing. Because I don't know, I don't know. Do you know what came out the other day, and I've not seen it for years. Do you remember when Bobby Ball was in the jungle? No. No, Bobby Ball's in the jungle. And um, we on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. We used to have a programme. Um, it's not the jungle. It's just up the road from here. It's the Australian bush. What are you shouting at me for? Springbrook National Park. And um, we had this programme that was on after... I'm a celebrity called I'm a celebrity jungle drums and it was like um you had a panel and an audience and I ended up on the panel for this one particular show that I, uh, as Bobby came out of the jungle did you and um, yeah yeah did you not know that no yeah yeah um, it's got to be on YouTube somewhere um, we had it on video because what happened was they got me down. They got me down there. They sort of like trained me down and then got me a chauffeur to take me to the studios and one thing or another. And it was me, Toya Wilcox. Oh, okay. And Toya was like, um, she was like my teen crush. Um, John McCrerick. John McCrerick was a tic-tac man, you know, the, the weirdo bloke. I don't know if you remember him. And uh, Lee Sharp, who's uh, Man United footballer. <clears throat> I was sat in the green room just before. And um, I always sit. If I'm sat in the settee, I'll, I'll sit at one side with my arm over the back of the settee and one leg sort of tucked underneath the under, other. And Ty Wilcox walks in, says hello, and sits here. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. What do I do with this arm? <laughs> and she was just, she's just looking at me and talking to me. And I'm like, and she's tiny. She's so small. It's ridiculous. Um, so we, we go to the studio and all the, all the audience is there. And you, you sit down and one thing another. Um, 
as you're walking in, they're giving you a name badge and you know, you don't take any notice. And you've had all your makeup done and oh, it's great. And then halfway through the show, the phone, you, the phone rings and the guy that's sort of hosting it off, oh, what's that? So the answer's this, this phone and it's Rob Harper. Bobby's son, he's a good mate, Rob. We used to put college together and one thing and another. And, and I mean, he's a good mate. And he says, oh, it's, it's, it's Rob Harper, Bobby Molson. And I'm like, what the fucking hell's going on here? He said, that, that lad there that's, that's, that's come down, he says, um, he stalked my dad for years. He said, he's not left him. <laughs> he says, <laughs> and then they went, what, do you mean this, this big owl, this cannonball superpan? And I looked down. And it's got Big Al, Cannon and Ball, super fan, on this freaking badge. The bastard threw me right under the bus. And it was it was one of the most, was one of the funniest pieces of television I've seen in years. And I can't find it anywhere. So I need to look and see if it, it's got to be on YouTube somewhere. Um, uh, um, I'm a celebrity, Jungle Drums, it was called. And it was my only real TV appearance. But there you go. I'll have a look for it if I find it. Farm as well. Pardon? Weren't you on Emmerdale? No, Coronation Street. Was it no, called? Um, no, no. Um, oh, shit, was it called? Shameless. Shameless. No, do you not, have you never had Shameless over there? About the Gallaghers. It was a TV show called Shameless that was based, based on this family called the Gallaghers. And they were all fucking damning out, so all claiming all money off the doll and this, that, and the other. And it was one of the funniest TV series ever. And um, yeah, I did, I did that, and then um, ended up at Screwfix. And four days into being at Screwfix, got a phone call from Endemol asking me to do the whole of the last series, and I couldn't do it because oh. I'd just started at Screwfix. Bloody hell! Yeah, so gutted, but. Is what it is, isn't it? Right, I'm gonna um, have to go, kid. Thank you so that's much. Cool. Right, I'll speak to you during the week. Thanks for joining us this week on Menopause, Marriage and Motherhood. Make sure you visit our website, middleagedwomenstuff.com, where you can subscribe to the show in any of the players or via RSS so you'll never miss a thing. If you liked this show, you might want to check out the webpage, which gives you lots more information about both our host and our guest, along with heaps of other resources. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday and Friday for the next episode. And that's all for this episode. We can't wait to see you next time.